Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. I am Simon Rose. He is Steve Kaplan. He's got a dreadful cold, but he's still valiantly going to tell us about the latest gadgets and gizmos. Well, it occurred to me that uh, we couldn't record the show yesterday because <clears throat> I had no voice. And it was show 404, which was not found. How about that? Oh, <laughs> yes. Very, very droll. Um, and no. still, we haven't perfected the use of AI enough to actually substitute you for a uh, some sort of computer-generated Well, thing. as far as Just- you know... Well, as far as I know, they. I mean, I almost, could be, couldn't I? Almost every day seems to bring some new achievement of artificial intelligence. Well, indeed, which is not very surprising. scary. Chat GPT, which we have talked about at length, OpenAI made yes. by uh, Chat GPT. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- they've been going for two months, in which time they have garnered a hundred million users. I'm surprised it's not more. It is perhaps surprising. Uh, Microsoft have invested $10 billion in ChatGPT. Wow. Which is, they don't even own it, but they've, they've bought a big chunk of OpenAI yes. to make it. And um, they're talking about bringing in a subscription of $20 uh, a month. Oh, perhaps I should get to try it soon before it becomes you should probably try too expensive. It soon. So the real question is, What's Google Google going to do about all this? Because they don't want Microsoft to take the lead in, well, anything, really. No, Let when alone... was the last time Microsoft took the lead in something? Well, exactly. Yes. Exactly, yes. So Google can come up with Google Bard. Bard as in of Avon, that's the one. Rather than the landlord saying, get out of here. Well, <laughs> so you say, but in fact, it could well turn out to be that because they, they launched it uh, in Paris on mm. a the most amateurish launch of anything I've ever seen. They had a string of people standing in front of a very wide, bright white screen, which meant you couldn't see them very well because of the glare of the screen, yes. with graphics that looked like they were clip art thrown together in PowerPoint. You know, <laughs> their names appeared as giant, bold, outline drop shadows spinning into view and then spinning out of view again. Mm. It was just appalling to think that one of the richest companies in the world couldn't afford to hire a graphic designer to do it properly. properly. Astonishing. Anyway, so among the things they launched were their version of ChatGPT, which is not one that's going to write essays for you, but it is search-based. So the idea is, as they explained on here, if you do things Mm. like Think, I'm thinking of buying a new family car. What should I get? And it'll give you a nice little discourse about, well, you could look for um, this one or that one. It depends on how many seats you want and what kind of fuel you want, whether it wants to be diesel or uh, petrol or um, electric. And if you say, oh, I think I like an electric car, then it gives you a whole list of pros and cons of buying electric cars. Hmm. If, however, In other words, a sort of audio version of a search engine, rather like Google. Except rather than just giving you other places to go and and look things up, 
it will give you a fairly lengthy discourse, okay. which is assembled in plain English on, in this case, the pros and cons of electric cars. As they discovered to their horror, if you were to say to it, tell me about uh, space telescopes, it will tell you, or it did tell you, that the James Webb telescope was the first one to uh, photograph planets outside the solar system, mm. which turns out to be wrong. They got it wrong. I mean, you may not think that's a big deal, but other people did think it's a big deal, and it wiped $120 billion off their share price. Wow. Because they were they were announcing this glorious new technology that simply got things wrong. So they said, uh, yes, well, it's, you know, it's still in beta stage. Um, <laughs> we're, we're still working on it. But obviously, they're just making mistakes. There are other bits of technology that they introduced, generative AI being one that they are very, very keen on, which is if you give it, say, half a dozen photographs of a product, it will then generate a 360-degree spinnable object from those photographs, which is really very, very impressive indeed. Because up until now, the way of making 3D spinnable objects has been very, very time-consuming yes, and laborious, yes. involving 3D scanning and then cleaning up those 3D scans. If it actually works, it'll be very impressive. They also announced big updates to their maps, particularly with the immersive view maps, which are things like if you find yourself in a, in a strange city, you mm. can go onto Google Maps, hold your phone up, and you will see the view through the camera but overlaid on that are both directions and points of interest including points of interest that may be hidden by other buildings that mm -hmm. are marked there for you and if there's a you've got a favorite restaurant then you can look inside that restaurant you can walk through the restaurant using this uh, generative ai thing and you can see you know whether it's like the ambience of it you can see the different times of day you can see what the view out onto the street is like if you yeah. happen to be sitting in the window so all very clever stuff. So I watched this for about half an hour, and it was very interesting. And then suddenly, I got a message in YouTube where it, where it was uh, live streamed. Yes, yes. This video is un unavailable. And I thought, well, that's that's very odd. I've just been watching it. And so I reloaded the page, and it came out with a new message saying, this video is private. What? So, Exactly. I mean, either YouTube messed up Google, which is surprising since Google actually owns YouTube. Yes, yes. Um, or someone pulled the plug and said, hang on a minute, we're, we're giving people lies. We must stop doing this. And so who on earth told this this school lever to do our graphics? So How there we go. Very who knows what's going on? In the meantime, though, I mean, all these these chat GPT and, and Google Bard and everything, I mean, that seems very exciting. It seems to be changing our lives by the day. And in the meantime, Facebook is concentrating on its metaverse in yes. which nobody appears to be interested at all. Uh, that, well, except there has been a case recently of someone being sued for sexual harassment in the metaverse. Oh, well, <laughs> good, to, good to know somebody's finding it useful. Good to, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's, let's have one of these. Steve a chance there to uh, to blow his nose. So <laughs> you have to describe all cold. my bodily functions <laughs> to our listening public. So from the depths of your cold, where do we go now? Well, are you a fan of Seinfeld? Were you a fan of Seinfeld? 
I wasn't actually, no. no I, I never was, but... My comedy writing the... friends thought it was a work of genius, but I never got yes, into it. Yes, I did. Well, it's a well-known show in that nothing really happens, but people talk about stuff a lot. Hmm. There is a new version of Seinfeld called Nothing Forever, which is on Twitch. Twitch, you probably won't have come across. Twitch is a video platform where you can watch people playing games. Yes, I believe my son uses Twitch. I'd never heard of it till he mentioned he it. Yeah. So Nothing Forever is effectively Seinfeld with an AI-generated script, AI-generated animation, and AI-generated actors. And it is running all the time, 24-7. You can drop in at any time mm-hmm. and, and see it. Would you like to see Have it? you done so? Uh, no, I haven't, because I couldn't. Because they're currently undergoing a 14-day ban for... Uh, a transgender joke, which the AI came up with, and which Twitch has decided is against their code of conduct. So they they banned them for forty days. <laughs> I did. It it wasn't even a joke. It was a joke about whether he should do a transgender joke. So I'm not going to repeat it because then we get banned. Yes, yes, yes. Gracious, I'm surprised anything still happens at all now. Yes, but I did manage to catch a bit of recording of uh, of nothing forever and. Um, it's pretty much as you'd expect. It is not very funny or not very good, but there's a certain fascination <laughs> in knowing that you can tune in at any time and just watch it for as long as you want and then tune out again. But isn't that essentially slow TV? It is. Essentially... Is, you know, yes. uh, buses going through the Yorkshire Dales or, you know, um, well, except video of is, a fire or... This is nominally comedy. <laughs> okay. Yes. Mm, nominally. Let us move on anyway. Let us move on to the new Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra. Talking about fires. Talking about fires. <laughs> this one, I think, is fairly guaranteed not to burst into flames. It doesn't fold okay. either. It is their new smartphone, their new top-of-the-range flagship smartphone. Mm-hmm. With And the big deal about this is the camera, which is up to 200 megapixels. 200, it's a lot of pixels. Okay. It is an awful lot of pixels. Even for a regular camera, it's a lot. But for a camera in a phone, it is a huge number of pixels. It also has a 10 times optical zoom, which is quite impressive. But not enough to tempt you to move mm. away from the iPhone, I imagine. No, no, because it runs at Android, which I loathe. But the uh, the thing about this is it uh, most of the time, those pixels be clustered so it'll group 16 pixels together to produce one single pixel so it's better for low light so you actually end up with 12 megapixels which is not that much by by smartphone standards if it were to do a 200 megapixel picture which you can make it do then each image would take up about 55 megabytes on average which is big yes it's going to fill up your phone quite quickly quite big given that my first ever hard disc was 20 megabytes and i was told by the salesman i would never need another one exactly (laughs) exactly it also shoots a 8k video just in case a 4k video wasn't enough for you and it will go on sale from february the 17th in the u.s for starting at 1200 dollars and going presumably up and up and up and up from there on okay good moment for us just to take a breather um We'll be back in just a moment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
This is Show Radio and it's uh, the show Gadgets and Gizmos with Simon Rose and Steve Kaplan. Um, I'm intrigued to know where we're going next. We're going to have a look at traffic lights because we need traffic lights to control the flow of traffic because people are not very good at negotiating crossroads without traffic lights. Driverless cars, however, are extremely good at negotiating uh, complex scenarios like that without traffic lights because, of course, their egos don't get in the way. <laughs> and they just yes. figure it out between them. Right. So there's some uh, research from North Carolina State University, and they have come up with a rather clever scheme, which is to add an extra light to traffic lights, so as well as well as red, amber, and green. They'd also have white. And when the majority of cars on that bit of road are autonomous vehicles, so it isn't mm. going to happen anytime soon, mm. the traffic lights will turn white. And the autonomous cars will just figure it out between them. And if you're in a standard non-autonomous car, or car, as we like to call them, <laughs> yes. you just follow the car in front. And you ignore everything else. And then but how do you know from behind if the car in front is autonomous or not? You don't. But if the car in front is also following the car in front, which is following the car in front, which happens to be an autonomous one, then it's okay to go. And the car's coming the other way. Well, that's what they say anyway. They say... They say that it can reduce delays at traffic lights by up to 90%, which is oh, quite good, really. If they're right, that sounds impressive. How right. do autonomous cars do with roundabouts, which I know are not a big thing in the United States, are they? They're not a big thing. No, they don't. They don't like them at all. Oh, they don't like um, them. I mean, they were relatively particular to the UK, but they do, they're rather more on the continent than they used to be. Now I find oh, when yes, I go uh, abroad, but there's certainly plenty of them in France. Yeah, you have to remember yes. to go around them the other way, though. That's well, yes, that's quite part. important. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. difficult to remember. And let's move on to um, Twitter. Twitter, mm -hmm. not not uh, a company unused to being sued, but this time they're being sued by King Charles. So there we go. Oh. And why not? About time to well, not King Charles personally, but by the Crown Estate, because they haven't paid their rent. When they, when Elon Musk took over and they cut fifty percent of the jobs, mm. they moved out of an office they were renting uh, on Piccadilly Circus. Mm. But they, they, and they stopped paying the rent. But <laughs> the landlord said, "Hang on a minute, um, you're 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 still the tenant." So they're being sued. They were also evicted from their offices in Singapore for not paying their rent. So it seems to be a thing that they're doing globally. Gracious, not good, not good at all. Not especially if you're not the landlord. Um, let us have another of these. So, where do we go now? Uh, we'll go to the Apple Watch, which, as we know, since the latest software update, it has this rather clever crash alert system built into it, where if it detects you've been in a car crash then it will automatically call the emergency services. I remember you telling me. Yes. Unfortunately, if you're on skis, then you regularly experience the kind of uh, sudden acceleration and deceleration and swerves that you would experience if you were in a car crash. And the Colorado yeah, certainly the way I ski, yes. are getting particularly upset about this. Why? Because they're being called out to dozens of emergencies <laughs> that turn out just to be skiers. What, what? Presumably every time a skier falls over, the Apple Watch sends an emergency yes. message. Good yes. grief. Just as exactly. well, I haven't got an Apple Watch when I was skiing. 
Well, <laughs> exactly. So they, <laughs> they have complained to Apple about this, and it remains to be seen what Apple are going to do about it. But, you know, it's not good, is it, really? They sort of, well, I don't know how they could get that one sorted out, because if, you, maybe they should have a skiing mode. So if you're skiing, well, I was going to say, yes. Off. yes. Well, but one would have thought that a lot of the skiing has relatively little resemblance to cars. It's only the stopping bit, presumably, that's similar to a car crash. I, I yes, can't imagine it's beyond the width. Yeah. I mean, there are great, there are ski apps that track what you're doing, that know whether you're going up in a lift or you're going down a slope. Um, oh, clever. They tell all things. So if that can do that, I'm sure an Apple Watch can do it. I'm sure an Apple Watch can do yeah. it. I'm sure it will. It's just a matter of them getting around to it, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Let us yes. let us move on to our crowdfunding time of the week, please. So there you go. You've got your cup of coffee. And you think, what this cup of coffee is really missing is a printed design on the surface. And I'm sure that's happened to you many times. Uh, well, I don't tend to drink coffee. But ah. I do always wonder how they do those little designs on the surface. Well, they have a stencil and they shake their, their powdered oh, really? chocolate over it. Yes. Oh, I didn't realise it was as simple as that. I actually sort it of is. imagined them, you know, with some sort of brush or something. Oh, no, I'm afraid. Oh, not. that's quite disappointing. But as from now, they could use the use the Sino Printer Go, which is just launched on Kickstarter. It is a portable coffee printer. It could also print on beer or ice cream or pancakes or anything with a flat surface. When I say portable coffee drink, you ha it work, obviously won't work on black coffee because um, it's black ink or dark brown ink. Yes, it is yes. food safe ink. Yes, special well, food ink. Good. Yeah. And it comes, of course, with an app for both iOS and Android. So you can design your own print and you can print it onto your coffee. 299 euros, which is about 270 pounds, which is quite a lot for something that no one actually needs. But 25 batches so far have said, wait, I do need one of those, or at least I think I'd like one of those. And they've, they've plonked down their, their, their cash for it. It is bizarre, isn't it? But presumably it would be quite useful for small businesses who are actually selling coffee or beer or ice cream or pancakes or whatever you said, not just using it at home. Yes, I suppose it would. Maybe those are the 25 people who've, mm. who've, who've bought one, or at least have pledged to buy one, should they eventually actually start making them. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, I can't. I can't see myself there. getting one of those. No. Mm. Why does nobody do it on tea instead of coffee? I don't understand that. And teas. Uh, because they right. do it with with chocolate sprinkles, and I don't think they would. Taste oh no! Very I suppose chocolate. No. Must be something you can sprinkle on tea. But yes, you're probably right. It just doesn't. Well, just wouldn't uh, work. Well, you're you're the tea expert. What would you want to sprinkle on your tea? No, you're right. I wouldn't. No. Well, nothing. Cinnamon, maybe. No. No. Nothing. No. Just like tea as it is. You could, you could sprinkle this on your porridge, couldn't you? Well, that's true. I could do that. Yes, you could yes. do that. Yeah. But I'm already sprinkling quite a lot of other stuff in my porridge. So flax, seeds, blueberry oh, really? powder, yeah, oh. lots of other things. Blueberry so they... powder. We're, we're, we're getting away from both gadgets. <laughs> possibly. And... We possibly are. So tell us what's next in the tech world. Well, let's move on to the Exchange Tower in Detroit, which is nearing completion, which is a tall building 63 meters tall which is mm -hmm. not skyscraper quite but it's certainly very tall and it's the first building that is being built from the top down 
isn't that clever? They haven't got room around it to put cranes up, to put big cranes up. So what they've done is they have built two lift shafts out of concrete, or rather one lift shaft and one stair shaft. They then build the floors at ground level, one floor at a time. Mm-hmm. And when it's complete, they use a lift to hoist the floor up to the top, where they fix it in place using I don't know, long screws, I suppose. That's clever. There's clever. And then they go to build another one, and they hoist it in place underneath it. Oh, I hope somebody's doing a time-lapse video of that. I'm sure they are doing a time-lapse. It takes quite a long time. It takes a day to hoist them up into, into place. Well, that's but why I'd I rather wonder how they video than the actual one in real time. Yeah, but I wonder how they fix them. But even they just do more than just putting a peg in underneath them on the lift shaft. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's let's wait a year or two um, after it's been completed before actually visiting. I think. Yeah, yes. Well, once they've got all except the the bottom couple of floors in place, there's an awful lot of weight hanging off those lift yes. shafts, isn't there? Presumably, they thought of that. I hope they thought of that. Anyway, yeah, it must we'll find out. But what a clever thing! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I don't want to go anywhere near it for a while, but I would like to see it happening. Yes, indeed. So let us move on. Do we have time for another another? Oh item? yes, 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 yes. Well, let's say you're into vinyl. A lot of people are into vinyl these days. I'm not entirely sure why, because it's so cumbersome compared to CDs. But I suppose it sounds a little bit better if you're the kind of person who cares about that, but clearly people are. Mm-hmm. And what happens when your vinyl gets dirty, as I'm sure does happen? Yes. I don't know I'm hoping this also applies to shellac, which I use frequently. Do you? Yes. It would, often, it would actually apply to shellac as Excellent. well. Then I am, shellac, I am listening attentively. Shellac, for those listeners who have not <laughs> heard of it, is what 78s are made of. So you can listen to your original George Formby's, is that correct? Absolutely, yes. And exactly, lots yes. of jazz and dance band and music hall and all manner of things, yes. In that case, you may be interested in the record RCM. That's record with two Ks, because oh, I know you gosh. like that kind of spelling. Yeah. And it's for cleaning LPs and probably shellacs as well. And what you do is you, first of all, spread non-alcoholic cleaning fluid over the surface of your disc mm. with a with a special brush, and then you move a vacuum arm over it which sucks up the grime as the record spins so it turns the record around and it's a vacuum that sucks up the grime from inside the grooves as well as the cleaning fluid that you have spread over it keeping records clean is quite difficult it's quite big it's the size of i was trying to work out what it's the size of it's the size of a large shoe but no it's the size of three boxes of cornflakes stacked on top of each other so quite a big, chunky thing. But not much smaller than a turntable. Not much smaller than a turntable. It weighs eight and a half kilograms, which is about 19 pounds. So it is quite heavy. And it costs 699 euros. So you've really got to want to clean your record. That seems extraordinary. It does that seem really extraordinary. Does seem... They are selling these things now. If you go to record with two Ks, hyphen audio dot com then you will be able to wiggle your way through to the page that sells the RCM. It yeah, I is, think I might give it that one a miss. A lot. Uh, yes, I, yes, I know. I think a lot of people might give it a miss, but I suppose there are audiophiles out there who will spend 
really, mm. you know, vast amounts on getting the perfect sound out of their mm. antiquated equipment. I remember a science teacher at school used water to clean his LPs, which is exactly perfect. The only problem was once you'd done it, you had to wet it every single time or it would become crackly. Oh, what, wet it before you play it? Yes, that was his. He would, he would clean it with, I guess, guess with water, but then the problem, I just remember this. I never, never decided to do it, but all his entire record collection, you had to wet the record every single time and it would play beautifully, but only if it was wet. If it was dry, it would crackle. Anyway, I passed that tip on because it costs a lot bizarre. less than 699 euros. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> it does. But that is it, certainly, from this edition of Gadget and Gizmo. Steve, I'm sure, fully recovered, will be back with me at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.